You're listening to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast, the best place to break the ice with your favorite players. Now here's your ghost on a post, Nick Hart. And welcome back to another episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast. Thanks for tuning in, ladies and gentlemen. I am Nick Hart, and joining me for this episode of the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast is the real McCoy. How often do you get that? All the time. All the time. Oh, the real yeah. McCoy. McCoy Urcamps. <laughs> yep. McCoy, thanks for stepping on with me here. Thanks for having me. So, are you sick of hearing the real McCoy now? Ah, uh, no, it never gets old. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I've just heard it so many times. I'm used to it now, so that's uh, not too bad. All right, fair enough. So, welcome first and foremost to the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins podcast, and welcome to Wilkesbury Scranton. You were acquired in a mid-season trade by the Penguins organization coming over in uh, early December. Now you've sort of uh, played uh, more than a handful of games with the Wilkesbury Scranton Penguins, sort of sliding into the lineup and stepping up in a big way for this team's blue line. My my question to you would be, how has the adjustment been so far, right out of the gate? Because you start the year in a different organization, you get traded in December. How's everything been since you got here? Uh, I can't complain. It's been awesome. Uh, the guys in the dressing room, the staff, uh just the whole city in, in general kind of thing. It's uh, been an easy transition, to be honest. I think it it helped me uh, being traded with uh, Ben Sexton and uh, Ryan Scarfo. Um, but, yeah, the adjustment's been really, really easy on uh, on me for sure. So what have, what's been the, uh, the main attraction? What's been the main thing you've been up to since you came to a new city and had to find a new home and all that stuff? Uh, well, I'm in the team apartments, so right. uh, it's not too bad. It's, uh, you know... It's living quarters. I mean, it's better than living in a hotel, that's for sure. Uh, you know, being a hockey player, I think you you get too used to being in a hotel, and just having a kitchen in general is is nice. Having know. a kitchen <laughs> is nice. Yeah. it's the little things. Yeah, it is the little things. Uh, uh, no, it's been it's been really it's been really good since I've been here. Did anyone take you under their wing? A current guy, like you said, okay, it's great that you've had Ben Sexton and Ryan Scarfo, old teammates, to come along with you in this deal. But has there been anyone that was established in the locker room to show you their favorite spots? This is the place you're going to want to go to eat. This is the place you're going to want to go if you're just hanging out. Anything like that? Uh, I think all the older guys have uh, really? have stepped in. Yeah, I, I kind of knew uh, Burton from uh, around training camp. I actually went golfing with uh, him and Ben Sexton. So. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of knew him coming in. So, And then Tristan Jari I've, uh, I grew up with, so... I've known him since we were nine or ten years old, so that was an easy transition as well. Okay, this is this is a perfect transition <laughs> now is. because this I is knew, something I knew I, something was you coming. You knew out. this was coming, right? <laughs> oh yeah. So I got lots of dirt on him. Let's you go. You have lots of dirt. Okay, then let's let's fire it up right now because you are from Delta, British Columbia. Tristan Jari is from Delta, British Columbia, and I was going to ask you, did you really know Tristan growing up? Have you known him in the past? You've already answered that for me, so you are well-versed in yeah. Tristan Jari. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, we grew up together. Um, I went to high school with him. Our parents are really good friends. Really? Yeah. It's, uh, you it's go way back. Way back, yeah. So, I mean, he's been the same ever since. He's just been an unbelievable goalie. I, I, I hated playing against him. I was not fortunate enough to play with him, so uh, trying to put the puck past him was, was pretty tough when I was younger. But now you have the fortune of playing with Tristan <laughs> Jar. He's on your side now. Yeah, now that he's behind me, it's uh, it's a lot better. I'll say that. You say he's always been exactly the same, too, and he has a very uh, distinct personality, yeah. a guy that, you know, that oh, yeah. calm, cool demeanor that he has in the net. 
translates off the ice. A guy with a super dry sense of humor. Yeah. Like sometimes you don't know if he's kidding or not. It takes a while for exactly. like the light bulb to go up. Yeah. Like, oh, that was a funny joke, Jars. Mm -hmm. Right? So, yeah. And like, he was that way in high school and everything. Exactly. Nothing phases him. Uh, you can chirp him. You can you can say whatever you want to him. He has the same reaction every single time. So sometimes it gets gets frustrating that you can't get under his skin, but no, uh, it works out well for him. Because here's the thing: is even though you can chirp him all you want, and it just you know flatline, no reaction, he'll throw some barbs back at guys oh, too, yeah. and then oh, get them all fired up. Yeah, and he loves he loves watching the world burn around him. Sometimes. Oh yeah, absolutely. He'll he'll, he'll Throw in a little jab, just light a little match, and yeah. step back and He's watch everything else. He's a for sure. Oh, yeah. you got to be careful with him. So you say you got the dirt on Tristan Jari. Let's go. What uh, do you got? I, don't, I, don't, I can't be bringing up ex-girlfriends and stuff like ex -girlfriends. that. Ex-girlfriends. Nah. <laughs> and uh, he, he, I don't have too much dirt. I mean, there's not too much bad to say about him. He's He's been really good to me, so – um, yeah, we've been buddies growing up. So yeah. we used to hang out quite a bit. Yeah, so you say you hated having to try and score against him because it didn't happen very often how frequently did you guys meet when you were playing in the western hockey league oh in the western league yeah. quite a bit he was with edmonton and, uh, i was with lethbridge my first three years so we played them a lot and their team was uh that was the team that they went to the mem cup a couple yeah. times so they had a really good team they put a shellacking on us a really lot. it was not yeah, pretty my plus minus was uh, was hurting after those <laughs> games let me tell you a little a little bit in the red oh yeah yeah, yeah not just a little bit <laughs> i think i was i told this story so many times uh we played them they we lost 8-1 i think i was dash 7 and i was actually on for all eight goals too cuz one was a power play so you were on the ice for eight goals against yeah yeah i'm I, not that might be a world record I'm not it's talking about a personal record. If we're talking about mites and bantams, I'm not sure if anyone in history has been yeah. on for eight goals against. Uh, it's it was it was a tough night, yeah, for sure. And then I actually got suspended for the next game against them, and we lost 13-1. So uh, yeah, I don't know what my plus minus would have been in that game, but I I almost was happy that I missed out on that one. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe that just shows how valuable you were to the team. It's like, <laughs> hey, we only lost by seven when I was in. <laughs> I don't now know. we're losing by eleven or twelve. Uh, that was at that was at their home barn, so they they picked it up a little bit. But yeah, they we picked it up they, from eight to thirteen. Yeah, they uh, they shellacked us a lot. Yeah, that is that's tough. I guess the the glass half full way you could approach that is, you know, you were being trusted to play in a lot of minutes, a lot of situations <laughs> yeah. against a team that was loaded with NHL prospects and things like that. Like yeah. Curtis Lazar, Henrik Samuelson, oh, yeah. both ended up being first-round picks. Tristan Jari, obviously, in yeah. goal. Um, I'm trying to think who they else would have been. Ryan Hart on the, on the back end. Yeah. Um, oh, there's they the had another D-man, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, Musil. They had uh, Musil. Yeah. Was uh, uh, was Pissick still on the Pizzic team? Pissick was yeah. there my first year. Yeah. Um, yeah, they uh, up and down that lineup. I mean, their third line with uh, – they had a really tough third line that uh, they were just cranky every single time they were out there. I, I can't – Mraz, Awanek, and Legault, I think. And yeah. They were a really good third line. Like, up and down the lineup, they could score. So. Yeah. I guess your hard times against the Edmonton Oil Kings when they were winning, you know, Western Hockey League championships and going to the Memorial Cup. I guess your payback for that was ultimately winning the Western Hockey League championship later in your junior career as a member of the Brandon Wheat Kings. I've asked you previously on the Corsite Intermission reporting between games, you know, how fun was that season and all that stuff. But I want to ask you, what is it like playing 
in a city like Brandon? Because a lot of these major junior cities and things like that, you know, they're, they're small towns and the junior team is all that the people have to look forward to, or at least it's something they're super, super invested in, some towns more than others, whereas Brandon has like this long, long history exactly. of having good teams, generating good talent. What was it like playing in that market and obviously having a successful team in that market? Yeah, I think uh, I came in when we were doing pretty successful, so, I mean, I had a great time. The atmosphere was unbelievable. I mean, the whole town gets the whole town gets behind the team. Uh, during playoffs, it's Brandon Wee King flags everywhere, and uh, you know it's you, you can't really go to a restaurant without people noticing you, and uh, that's an awesome thing to be honest. Like, um, I know that that uh, Western final or the Eastern final was an unbelievable series. Uh, just so supportive. That the the barn was just packed. Rocking, right? Yeah, it was just it was rocking. So we beat uh, Edmonton in the first round, my second year. So. A little bit of a payback, but I don't think I don't think Jars was playing. I think no, he was. I, I think he was already in the A, so uh, or even the NHL. So, but my 19-year-old year, I, I got him back a little bit. But did I mean, you? I was never one to put one by him. I think actually I might have my first year in playoffs, but I'd have to double check that because he'll know and he'll let me know if I if I'm wrong. <laughs> so so we won't put you in that kind yeah. of position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe I'll go digging through the old stat sheets or yeah, something you're gonna like have that. To. Yeah, to try and figure that out. Because then if if you did then you can hold it over his. Oh, I will, for sure. Yeah, you're going to have to let me know, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, well, we'll go digging in on that. But, yeah, I'm, I'm always uh, fascinated by the whole major junior culture, major junior thing like that because, you know, there are some teams in cities like Edmonton that have NHL teams and, you know, obviously a, a larger market size. But then there are cities like uh, Brandon, a little bit smaller. Then you can talk about, like, Shawinigan in Quebec where there's nothing there except for the hockey team, and that's all – the people care about they get so hyped up when the team is good and it it is it's it's young players so you never want to put like too much pressure on them or things like that for a lot of what it's like 16 to 20 right yeah yeah so it's it's still kids but people just go bananas whenever the team is good and have those chances yeah. the memorial cup is always a fantastic tournament year in and year out i i just love it yeah I love exactly it. i think uh i think being in manitoba was uh really fun and for my my last uh, little bit of my career just because the Manitoba people jump behind those two teams. They jump behind the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. And it's the Brandon Wee Kings is next kind of thing like that. So I think uh, the whole province is very supportive of hockey and they, uh, uh, yeah, they love their hockey over there. Yeah. They, they definitely love their hockey, especially yeah. with the way you see them come out and support the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah. No offense to Atlanta, but I know I was thrilled the morning I woke up and went on Twitter and saw Winnipeg's getting a team back. I was excited. Yeah. I had no dog in the fight, uh, and I was same excited. With, same with me. Yeah, and, sure. it's, and it's it's been a success ever since. The yep. team now is, is finally picked it up, too, with a, a run to the Western Conference Final last year. People actually getting to see just how passionate those fans are, making it one of the hardest buildings to play in in the National Hockey League, in the world, I'm sure, too. Just a really hard place, loud barn, even though it's only, I think, 15,000. Yeah, it's like in term In terms of people you can put in the building, maximum number of people. It's the smallest in the yeah. NHL. You would never know by the no. decibel level. No, and in playoff times when they get that, that white. They get the white out going. The white out going, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. But I'm sure you were not a Winnipeg Jets fan growing up. Were you a Canucks guy? Honestly, uh, this is a tough question for me because I'm just like, a, I'm a bandwagon jumper, to be honest. I mean, I always support the Canucks. I was there. Uh, I was actually downtown when the riots started. What? Uh, yeah, when they lost to Boston. Right, yeah, in Game 7. Yeah, I was, I don't know when I, 
how old I would have been. I would have been like 12 or 13, but uh, yeah, maybe 13 or 14. And uh, I remember my mom calling me and being like, get home right now. Get mom. out of there. Yeah. It was wild. I, I what do you remember about that? Because that had to be just a crazy scene. First of all, let me start over. What yeah. were you doing downtown? Did you like meet up with people to watch games? Yeah, there's, they had uh, they had these big screens on the on the oh okay on the yeah. streets. So yeah. uh, me and a couple buddies, a couple friends went down there. Um, yeah, watched the game, and as soon as the game was over, uh, you know, all hell yeah, broke it, loose. It, everything so, went crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Uh, I was just remember. I don't remember too much, but I remember going to the SkyTrain station and, like, seeing people breaking glasses and going into stores and stuff like that. And I was just, like, I was only 14 at the time. So uh, I went straight home. Like, my mom was just like, you got to get home right now, blah, blah, blah. Were were you scared? Were you, like, in disbelief? Uh, Like, what is the emotional state of, like, a 14-year-old when there's a riot going on? uh, It wasn't wasn't a full riot at the time, I know, but we just call it a riot. So it's like it was getting there, right? Yeah. It started. I I missed, I think, the – the the real riot to be honest. fires in the streets yeah i i wasn't there for any of that but yeah it was wild i mean everyone was pissed at the that the canucks lost and naturally yeah game seven it was a great game too so i mean uh yeah it was it was a tough one i think for vancouver to swallow but um yeah they they're passionate about their hockey clearly <laughs> clearly but that that brings me back to so who was your team growing up you were obviously on the Canucks bandwagon when they were sick and uh, yeah. with the Sedins and Luongo, Kessler and company. Was I mean, was there a favorite team growing up, or did it nah. did it just drift towards the Canucks because they were local? Yeah, I think it drifted towards the Canucks. I I also just like watching players and stuff like that growing up. Okay. And, I, and I really liked I really liked Todd Bertuzzi, um, you know the Naslin era and stuff like uh-huh. that. So I did follow the Canucks more then. Um, and then as you get older, you're, you're playing hockey all the time, so. You really don't watch it as much as, uh, you know, maybe say you would if you're a huge fan not playing hockey. Were those your favorite players growing up, or was there a guy that was head and shoulders McCoy Urkamp's favorite player? I love Todd Bertuzzi. He had the same birthday as me. so I Really? Mean, yeah. he uh, Growing up, he, yeah, he was probably my favorite. Todd Bertuzzi. Yeah. There was a while there where who was the third guy on that line? Because it was Bertuzzi, Nasland. Oh, Morrison? Yes, yeah. it was Morrison. Yeah. And they – were a terror. Oh, yeah. It didn't matter what the score was or where the Canucks were in the standings. You knew if Vancouver was coming to town or you were going to play Vancouver, you had to deal with that line, and they were still walking away with yeah. maybe a combined four or five points. Even if you won the game, yeah, they, they were just going to be unreal. They were fun to watch, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And Marcus Nasland is – I don't know if he's – I'm not sure if I want to call him a, a dirty word, but he's always someone that people always – give a deep exhale after he's brought up whenever it comes to Penguins fandom because he was a Pittsburgh Penguins draft pick. Mm-hmm. He was first-round pick by the Pittsburgh Penguins. and they I didn't tra- know that, actually. Yeah, they traded him, I think, five years into his career where he obviously wasn't mm-hmm. the Marcus Naslin that we know today. They traded him for Alex Doyanov, and let's just say it paid off for Vancouver a lot <laughs> yeah, more than clearly. it paid off for Pittsburgh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, nice. so Marcus Naslin is always – the guy that Pittsburgh people talk about, like um, I would say Craig Patrick was known for making a lot of really good trades as they were building those Stanley Cup teams, bringing in guys like Ronnie Francis, Ulf Samuelson, trading Mark Recchi, but getting a guy like Rick Tockett back in return. He's known for great trades and that people always bring up, but there was the Marcus Naslin deal. Yeah. So in, in Pittsburgh circles or Penguins fandom circles, Marcus Naslin always elicits a little bit more of a uh, – what could have been. Yeah, what could have been yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
because, okay, so I, I just pulled the stats up real quick. So Marcus Nasland, his first two seasons with Pittsburgh, he had a combined six goals. He had 19 goals the year they traded him to Vancouver. And then the year after that, he, uh, it's, yeah, it's pretty much like 60 points every season or more. Yeah, like hundreds and things like that. Yeah, it didn't it didn't work out well for Pittsburgh. Yeah, it worked out well for Vancouver. Though. It worked out very well <laughs> yeah. for Vancouver, helping create that line yeah. that uh, allowed one of your favorite players to come to the forefront, Todd Bertuzzi. He was uh, he was definitely my favorite player. I I loved watching him. So not a defenseman though, not a defenseman, not a D man. Were no. you a guy that always played forward and then had to switch to D, or were you are you full time defenseman your whole life? Uh, I switched early. Okay. Uh, I was a forward, I think, in like novice. Okay. I just hated skating so much. So really? I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll try defense. And I liked it a lot. I like, yeah. It wasn't as much skating, but you got to hit people as you got older and stuff. And I just always liked being, you know, kind of hanging back and watching the play develop and letting it come to me, kind of thing like that, instead of just going straight zipping forward. all yeah, over the zipping place. all over the place. Yeah, too much energy. Yeah, especially at a young age when there's not a lot of structure put in the game and you yeah. don't have players that are necessarily talented enough to dangle. Like, young forwards are often, it's, they're just going around like flies in the offensive oh, yeah. zone. Everyone's just flocking to the puck. Oh, I played uh, I played a little bit of forward. Even in the WHL, I played a couple games. And really? I was gassed. Like, you don't realize how, like, it's just a different game. Yeah. You're, you're more thinking, I think, as a D-man maybe, but, mm -hmm. I mean, forward, it's... Yeah, there's there's a lot of skating, so it's uh it's a lot harder on the lungs than uh, playing defense. When I was in college covering the the hockey team at my school, there was a player that switched from defense to forward and back and forth. So I did like a story covering that, and he was telling me because same thing, you know, you have to try and make that adjustment. It is a completely different game, just depending on where you slot in at. That forward is more of a sprint, but defense is the marathon. Yeah. Because you got to be, you got to have a full tank of gas if it's the last shift of the game and you're protecting a goal or something like that. It's one's the sprint and the other is the 60 minute marathon. Yeah, definitely. I think that I think that's bang on. But I also think that, uh, yeah, I think just knowing like you know you're the last man back kind of thing like that. So if you make a mistake, it's you're dependent on the goalie to make a stop. Yeah. Where if you make uh, kind of a mistake or a turnover as a forward, you kind of have the D man and then the goalie. So in that sense, it's a little different, but I mean, other than that, it's I think it's yeah the sprint and the marathon is the the biggest way to, yeah. to put put the difference. <laughs> I guess. Here's something else that I think could be interesting to touch on for people that uh, you know weren't hockey parents or didn't grow up playing hockey. You mentioned that you liked making the switch from forward to defense, watching the game come to you, but you had to learn how to hit growing up. We've seen you throw some pretty bone-rattling checks in your brief time here with the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. What is that process like going through the adjustment from one year when there's no hitting and then the next year and now it's full contact? What happens between those two years and how do you make that adjustment as a young man? Um, I think what helped me was playing football, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I played a, a lot of football growing up. Uh, football, baseball, and hockey were my three sports. And, um, you know, making the adjustment from – I remember that first year when you weren't allowed to hit. You were getting into, uh, I think it was Adam or whatever. It was like yeah. rep hockey. You weren't allowed to hit the first two years, but then once Pee Wee came, you were. And I remember coming in my first year being allowed to hit, and I was – You were fired up oh, about yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I was excited, yeah, just because I was playing football and stuff and hitting guys in, in football. So I was excited when uh, when I got the chance to do it on the ice. How much instruction 
goes on from coaches and you know uh, instructors, things like that, into all right, this is how you lay a hit instead of you know kids just smacking their bodies off of each other. Yeah, once think, they get to peewee. I think what football taught me at a young age was just bracing myself. Okay, you know, just like uh, yeah, bracing myself and uh, just always being ready. If a guy comes to hit me, like I'll usually try and stand him up. Unless he's way bigger than me, then I'm getting out of the way. <laughs> just move. Yeah, just trying, just trying to evade it. But um, yeah, I think that was that was an easy transition for me. Where I think some guys maybe it, it's a little different. I also was a big kid growing up, so um, yeah, I used to try and lay as much body as I could. All righty. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how, how that's, that's how, how it came goes. about. And then yeah, yeah. and then uh, you know, I think that uh, that helped me in the long run for sure. Just Definitely imposing your will trying, on the other people. Trying to. I mean, sometimes I get the worst of it. Depends. Even back then? Uh, not so much back then. I was, quite, a, uh, I was quite a bit bigger than guys. I mean, me and my one buddy, they were called the Twin Towers on the back end. So um, we were like a foot taller than everyone it seemed. But then oh, everyone oh, no. Oh, yeah. Then everyone else caught up to us, and I had to make small adjustments to my game, I think. Yeah, but for – uh, what a year or two there, no one was going into the corners with yeah, you. Yeah, I think my bantam draft because we get drafted in the Western League right. a year ahead of the OHL guys. I think in my bantam draft, I was five ten, one seventy five, and like guys were getting drafted at like five six, like one twenty, one twenty five, one. Like it was just, it was a big difference, but big gap. Yeah, big yeah. gap. So I just had to kind of, I knew I wasn't going to be too much taller. Like I was hoping to squeak out six feet, but. Um, yeah, you just have to get stronger in that sense to so then you don't have to switch up your game too much. It's all about development. That's right. Growing your game. Yeah, even trying. If, no matter how, where your body's growing with you, about growing the game. Exactly. Yeah, so so even you can only control what you can control. Exactly. So you go into the WHL as a big guy. Other people start to catch up. But yeah. you ultimately uh, go through a career that sees you win a Western Hockey League championship. And now here you are in the pros playing in the American Hockey League for the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I want to rewind the tape really quick and – I'm not going to let it uh, pass too much before I go back and talk about playing football growing up. I feel like that's not a common or not all that common for guys that played hockey in Canada because here in the United States, football is the game, right? Even if it's just middle school, you're probably playing football at some point in your life. In Canada, the game is hockey. You're probably lacing up the skates and going out for a twirl at some point in your life. How did you do both? Oh, with the help of my parents. Really? My parents yeah. did everything, yeah. How long did you play football? Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably about five years. Maybe four or five years. Up until you were how old? Like, did you go into high school playing football? No, or was no, it all no. hockey at that point? It was all hockey. Okay. Well, it was hockey and baseball. Like, my parents were really big into baseball. <laughs> how many sports did you play? Three. Okay, three, just yeah, those three. Ho- our baseball was kind of my sport growing up. Like, I was always better at baseball. My mom, she had a full-ride scholarship to Arizona State. Uh, she was my coach growing up. My dad was really into baseball. Like it was baseball, baseball, baseball. But uh, when I was 14, when I got drafted to the WHL, I kind of had to make a decision, and uh, that's when I picked uh, picked hockey. Picked hockey, yeah. So you played football, you played hockey, and you played baseball, and you played baseball in high school. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Okay, so that's I would so play yeah, like that's right, in a minor league. draft is 14. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was still playing baseball up until I was playing with my buddies in like a pretty competitive league until I was 18 with baseball, just in the summer and stuff like that. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Yeah. Football, I kind of had to put in the past when I was pretty young, just because it ran at the same time as hockey. Right. That's what I was yeah. getting at originally. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, I 
I don't know how I did it, to be honest. Like, my parents. Even for those five years that you did, yeah. Yeah. I, there must have been an overlap when I was playing baseball or uh, hockey and football. And, yeah, my parents were just probably busy on the driving me everywhere, seemed like. So, yeah. So a scholarship to Arizona State. Yeah, and she didn't go. She did not go? She didn't go. Why didn't she go? I couldn't tell you, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay, but clearly in the athletic gene found the Urkham's family, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Both my parents were uh, very sports orientated, so. Um. Competitive people, too? Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah. so family game night oh, is, is a trial. It's almost like when, when I go out and play golf with them, it's, yeah, it gets pretty competitive. If, if it's coming down to the last couple holes and me and my dad are close. It's serious. Oh, he's trying to get in my head. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's full on. He th he thinks he can rattle his son's yeah, cage sudden, and walk away with the win. All of a sudden, those gimme putts that he's giving me at the first couple holes aren't gimmies anymore. Oh, no. No, they are not. <laughs> but I do the same thing with him if uh, if he's leading or close to me. So uh, it's, it's fun in the end. But, but even my mom. My mom's super competitive, too. She... She sometimes beats my dad in golf and myself. So. so your mom will go out golfing with you guys too? Oh, and yeah. Just it, it's a family event. Man. Yeah, it's, and it's anyone's game. Yeah, it's anyone's game. Wow. It, yeah, so they play all the time. They play all the time, yeah. and then you only get to do it during the off season. Exactly. And you're right there with them neck and neck. Well, I mean, you get it back <laughs> pretty quick, but, I mean, yeah, sometimes. It, it takes me a while. My dad's he's in, he's on the IR right now. He's got a – Oh, really? Yeah, he had shoulder surgery, so – He's just kicking himself right now while my mom goes and golfs, but week to week upper body injury. Yeah, he yeah exactly. <laughs> week to week, I think he's like I think it's six months to be honest. Oh wow, him, month yeah. to month. Oh yeah, he's, out indefinitely. He's devastated right now. So, but that, I'm, I'm I'm sure he's studying the game. I'm sure he's watching lots of golf. He's going to the tape, oh, and yeah. he's going to get that fire burning inside of him. Exactly. So the first game he's back, he's <laughs> he's not going to miss a beat. He's going to be ready to go. Oh yeah, he'll be fired up. Is there any sport that you wanted to play growing up and didn't get the chance? Because it seems like you've got quite a repertoire here with football, hockey, baseball, and now taking up golf. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. My buddies always played lacrosse, and I thought that was a really, really cool sport just because it was so physical, and I liked I liked hitting and stuff. But uh, I never got the chance, and after watching a couple of lacrosse games, they take a beating. Like, they do. Yeah, it's a physical game. It is. It's uh, a vicious game, yeah. So I give lots of props to those guys for sure. I was the same way. I always wanted to play lacrosse, wanted to give it a shot, and just just never really happened. Yeah. Right? In, yeah. in Pittsburgh, it's not really big in the area. Like, a few schools have it. Mine didn't, and that's nope. probably the biggest thing that held me back. But I always – like, I'll watch the tournament, the Final Four, whenever they're down to that, and I'm always – with my eyes glued to the TV, I'm just like, this is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is, This game is great. Yeah, it is a good game for sure. Yeah, but I'm the same way. I wish I could have played a little bit more lacrosse. And yeah, that's a big game in Canada too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, especially my my hometown, uh, Ladner. They uh, they produce some really good lacrosse players. Like uh, a lot of my buddies, um, you know, played a high level. Uh, well, a lot of the guys that I grew up with and stuff like that. So, um, kind of wished I played back in the day. But now that I look at it, I'm like. <laughs> It looks pretty rough out there. It, <laughs> like, it is. It's it's rough. It's physical. Yeah. Those guys not get as much banged padding. up. Taking one of those balls off the shins too, or something like that. No, thank you. No, yeah, no thanks. <laughs> thanks, shift. but no thanks. Yeah, exactly. Because those things, they will. Oh yeah, they bounce. When they bounce, they come twice as hard back. It they, seems like they are. They're basically fireballs. Yeah, <laughs> they're, exactly. they are cannons. Yeah. Those things, especially if you get someone that can actually whip it. Or if you're you're just playing in the backyard, you're playing with a lacrosse ball, and your buddy just decides to throw one at you, and you're not expecting it, oh, yeah. it's going to kill, Absolutely. right? And now imagine someone whipping it at you, 
like you said, there's not nearly as much padding. No. Nope. Not nearly as much. Nope. They get they banged cross up. check. They, uh, they do it all. It's a physical Slash game. and cross check. Yeah, it's crazy. Going back to your, your hometown really quick, because you said they've uh, produced uh, more than a handful of really good lacrosse players. There was a story floating around that I heard about you. From what I understand is that you're a little bit of a hometown hero. Am, am I out of line calling you uh, that? No, nah, I guess I guess you could call me that. All right, get, give us the story right here on the podcast. Oh, there's this uh, there's this cat up in the tree this one time, and uh... hey, 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 no one cares who's talking. Everyone wants to know what I got to talk about. People want to know what Jimmy Hayes. People want to know what Broadway has to say. Broadway let the people know what the people want to hear. When I speak, everyone listens. You know what, kid? Ah, shut up. Nobody cares. Broadway's coming. You know, it's, it caught up in flames, but uh, somehow I managed to get down. And next thing I know, at the bottom of the tree, there's like 50 people around watching this thing. And you saved it. I saved it. You saved the cat, saved and the little the girl was, was happy. Oh, she was, yeah, ecstatic. That's unbelievable. What what a guy, McCoy Camps. Yeah. That's a story. Sometimes, sometimes. That's a story that no one's ever going to forget. Whenever they think of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton exactly. Penguins podcast, they're going to think of that story right there. <laughs> awesome. Well, with that in mind, I'm going to move on to a new little game that we like to play here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, or at least it's new to you. It's, you know, old, old to us, right? Yeah. This is something that we've been playing all season long, McCoy. I think you might like this one. This is a game that we call Cancelled. Cancel it. 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 I could simply Cancel snap it. my fingers. Cancel it. They would all cease to exist. Cancel it. All right, McCoy. To play Cancel, I have this helmet right here, and there are a bunch of polarizing topics or human behaviors contained in this helmet. You now have the power to cancel them. They will be gone forever. At your word, there will be no more of this thing. Do you understand? Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> so so this is the example that I've been giving a lot of people throughout the season. Yeah. Wasps. If given the opportunity to cancel wasps, no more wasps, would you seize that opportunity? Uh, not wasps, no. See, exactly. So you're going to hang on to wasps. Yeah. There are a lot of ecological factors that could go into canceling exactly. wasps, right? So you're going to hang on to them. But if it was something like, I don't know, uh, spiders. Do you not like spiders? I don't mind spiders. Oh, okay. Well, if it was something that you didn't <laughs> like, you could cancel it, and then it's gone forever. I understand. No, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So let's let's get her going right now. All, All right. right. You have the power to cancel fedoras. Eh, I mean, I, I would never wear a fedora. But you would you know, never some, wear a fedora. Some guys look good in fedoras, so I'm not going to cancel that. Who has looked good in a fedora since Frank Sinatra? Oh, you go down to Mexico and you get a couple drinks in you. Yeah, everyone looks good in fedoras. <laughs> <laughs> everyone looks good in fedoras. Oh yeah. Go to go to the the gift shop and just yeah, hit oh, up yeah. some fedoras. All the boys are wearing fedoras. Come on. <laughs> so you're keeping fedoras. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Okay. All righty. Let's let's move on to another one here. McCoy. Oh, I I get a feeling I know what your answer is going to be on this one. Would you cancel the ocean? No, yeah, absolutely. I, not. I feel like you. Absolutely. With, not. You were just talking about going down to Mexico. Oh, you're not yeah. gonna. You're. You sound like a beach guy. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. All righty. So you're keeping the ocean. A lot of people are terrified of large bodies of water. Well, uh, if I'm stuck in the middle of it, then yeah. <laughs> you're canceling too. it as soon as oh, yeah. you're in the middle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. McCoy, would you cancel changing the song before it ends? 
We've all been in a car ride with somebody that you give the aux cord to. Yeah, but I might be that guy. You might be that guy. I could be that guy, yeah. Changing the song before it I'm ends. I'm not going to cancel that either. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I like you to switch it up, you know? Mid-song. Sometimes. Wow. Well, three quarters of the way through a song. I'll oh, my quarters. goodness. McCoy. I know. Oh, it's tough. You're not getting the aux cord in my vehicle. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to at least, there's like, I feel like a 10-second buffer. Like, you're in the last 10 seconds of the song. All right, we can we can hit next. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Oh, right. uh, wow. You know, there's just some moods that you're just like, ah, I'm not feeling this song. Switch it. Okay. <laughs> you have the power. It's not me. It's yeah, you. I'm canceling. And you've been, I'm not canceling. Yeah, you're not canceling. Not it. You've been very forgiving so far. All right, how about this one? Would you cancel off-ice workouts? Yeah. Yeah, they're canceled. Yeah, for they're sure. They're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I if I had a choice. Yeah. If you yeah, exactly. You're given the choice and that's the thing. But I mean, you I, have I'd have to still stay in shape, right? Like right. I Well, you can it doesn't say no workouts. Yeah, you work true. out on the ice. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. But off-ice workouts you're saying, you know what? Your first cancellation yeah. is going to be off-ice workouts. Yeah, and I'm, th I'm, I'm talking for a lot of the guys, too. You're <laughs> speaking on behalf uh -huh. of the team. Speaking on behalf of player kind. Yeah. There you go. Man of the people, McCoy That's or Camps, right. right? Would you cancel people saying, when I was your age? Uh, yes. That's 100%. done. That's done. Have you been when I was your aged lately? <clears throat> Not lately, no. But uh, when you're a rookie coming into the league? Really? Oh, yeah. But, I mean... Lots of guys have uh, years and years of experience. So, I mean, you don't actually want to cancel, but I'm going to cancel. You're going to cancel. <laughs> it's, it's just the way it's presented exactly. when I was your age. Yeah. You already feel like, oh, okay, yeah, here we coming. go. A lecture's coming on. <laughs> 100%. You could share your wisdom in other ways. Yeah. When I was your age yeah. is canceled. Yeah, she's gone. Get out of here. Yeah. Donzo. Yeah. All righty. <clears throat> Would you cancel face piercings? Face piercings. Uh, I don't mind a, like a nose ring on a girl. Nose ring, okay. Yeah. So you're gonna I'm not keep it around. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Would you get any face piercings? No. Retire and just no. No, no. <laughs> no not, not for, for you. Not for me. Not for you. Okay. But you're keeping around face piercings. Let's do a few more here. Let's do a few more. We got a lot here left in the helmet with a lot of season to go. Okay. Would you cancel backhanded compliments? No, they're funny sometimes. I was going to say, they're yeah. funny sometimes. It's not good to be on the receiving end of a backhanded compliment. Yeah. I feel like Tristan Jari likes throwing out a few backhanded compliments from time to time. Yeah, here and there. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. But yeah. you're going to keep them around. I'm going to keep them, yeah. They're right. funny. Backhanded compliments are staying around. Off-ice workouts and when I was your age are done. Yeah. Otherwise, you've been very forgiving. <clears throat> McCoy, would you cancel the expectation to open doors for other people? Uh... Nah, nah, I'm not going to cancel that. A chivalrous man, McCoy yeah. Air Camps. Yeah, you got to be a good guy. You got to be a good guy because yeah. there's, there's the difference between opening the door for somebody else and then the expectation yeah. that you are to open the door for exactly. them. Exactly. But you're still, no, you're, I mean, you'll keep it around. That's fine. You don't mind it. No, I don't mind it. Neither do I. Yeah. Neither do I. I think, that's, I think that's fair. Yeah. That's fair to keep uh, around. Just a couple good guys. <laughs> Calling people haters. Yeah, I'd definitely cancel that. Cancel I that. I mean, I never say it, so I mean, The I haters. Well. Th this is, one, for one thing, it's not like 1996 anymore. We can stop calling people haters. Yeah. Secondly, I feel like people, anytime you disagree with somebody or they offer you any sort of criticism, they can just be labeled a hater. Yeah. Yeah. Don't it's stop calling people haters. Yeah, it's not something that I would say. No, no. it's not something anyone should say. Yeah, and exactly. that's why you've canceled it. That's right. Calling people haters is canceled. It's done. It's gone. Stop doing it. Yeah. It's canceled.
vaping. Oh, yeah. Get that out of here. Vaping is done. And there's nothing worse than looking to your right and seeing somebody blowing clouds in their car. I can't wait for the day. I know it's going to happen where I'm on a plane with a vape guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then the vape guy gets into like an argument with a stewardess over like no 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 it's safe and they're like no like we're about to take off please stop vaping yeah I'm waiting for the day that happens yeah I don't want it to happen but I know it's going to yeah exactly yeah so vaping is canceled let's do one more we've All right. we've gone through a few of these rapid fire here yeah, no okay worries. this will be the final one I hope it's mosquitoes I think mosquitoes is in the helmet I hope it's mosquitoes that's the one bug you yeah. won't you won't do okay. This is not mosquitoes, but it is trick-or-treating after you turn 12 years old. Do not cancel that. Do not cancel trick-or-treating after no. you're 12 years old. I mean, I, I haven't done it, I don't think, after 12, but, you know, some people like their candy. Like, why? You know, it's Halloween. Let them do what they want. All right, fair enough. Let me ask you this, though. Are you a guy that is opposed to people trick-or-treating not in costume? Yeah, you're not you're not getting any candy if you're not. Right, right. Not so up. so you can't be like the 16-year-old kid that's yeah. like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go around the neighborhood and get some candy." No, you but not be dress up a for costume. it. There you go. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So trick or treating in non-costume would be canceled. Oh yeah, that's But okay. you're not going to put an age limit on trick or treating. No. You're not going to put an age cap. You Absolutely. will put a costume limit or a costume rule in place. Yeah. Costume yeah, clause. Yeah, I'm opening up the door and I'm shutting it right in your face. Right in your not. face? Well, I mean, yeah. Get out of here. You're just looking come for back candy. with a costume. Yeah, come yeah. back with a costume. That's not how this works. Try a little. If bit. you if you showed up on my front door asking for candy on any other day of the year, yeah, you're getting the same reaction. Yeah, you got to show up in a costume. I'll buddy. give you a stick of butter or something. Like, there might be here. some kids that are into that. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, butter. <laughs> no, but so we're gonna make an amendum to this. So you've decided to keep. Trick or treating after twelve years old, but you're canceling trick or treating without a costume. Yeah, that's that's what I've come to. All righty, so let's review all of your cancellations and non cancellations okay. here. You decided to keep fedoras, the ocean, changing the song before it ends, face piercings, backhanded compliments, and the expectation to open doors for others. No more are off ice workouts. Saying when I was your age, calling people haters, vaping. And trick or treating without a costume. How do you feel about that? I feel pretty confident. Feel, feel pretty strong yeah, about it. I feel it. good. Yeah. The the power hasn't gone to your head. No. 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 Not yet. You can now. You can <laughs> not yet. <laughs> maybe maybe after a few more rounds yeah. of canceled, we might <laughs> exactly. have to talk you back down. But yeah. right now, you've maintained your composure and you have been very diligent in handing out cancellations and non cancellations. Well done, McCoy. Thank you. Well I appreciate done. it. That's that was impressive. Thanks. <laughs> not gonna lie, it was impressive. So we just wrapped up with one of our recurring segments here on the podcast. I'm going to now move on to another recurring segment here. This is something we do every single episode. This has been going back to the, the genesis of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, an old favorite that we keep bringing back. This is the question. What we have happened here is we, oh have, our, no. we have our previous <laughs> oh episode's no. guest leave a blind question for the next episode's guest. Okay, And this happens. It cycles through every single episode. The last guest leaves a question for the new guest. McCoy, are you prepared for me to pop the question? No, not really, now that I know who it's coming from. That's the thing. You know who it's coming from. Yeah. All right. You ready? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> McCoy Urkamps, what would your perfect date be like? Oh. Your perfect date. 
Hmm. Set the scene for us. Set the scene. All right. Well, I'm a beach guy, right? So yes, I'm we have thinking, established this. I'm thinking bonfire with a nice blanket laid down, bottle of wine. Red Maybe or white? Red, okay. for sure, yeah. Um, you know, some snacks like cheese, uh, like prosciutto, meats like that. We're going um, wine and cheese, campfire, oh or yeah. bonfire yeah. on the beach. Yeah. Uh, maybe some country or, uh, you know, some lumineers playing in the background. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, if everything goes well, then, you know, that's a different story, but. <laughs> <laughs> different story. We'll go, we'll go on. But like, what's, uh, yeah. what, what beach are we at? Let's, let's even get down okay. to specifics. What beach are we at? Oh, well, I'm going to go Pacific because I'm from the West coast, mm -hmm. right? So I'm going to say somewhere in Cali, maybe. Somewhere in Cali. No yeah. cow, SoCal. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go South. Southern yeah. California. Yeah. Uh, I'd even do it up in Vancouver. Like, there's some nice beaches. Oh, I'm, up there. I'm sure yeah. we're not. Oh, there's there's plenty of beaches. I'm just trying to can, think of. Yeah, we're we're trying to nail down this because this is your perfect date, McCoy. You okay. cannot be too selfish when it comes to your perfect date. Yeah, that's true. That's yes. true. All right. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, where was I? Playing Lumineers. Well, yeah, the the music's playing. We got yeah. Lumineers playing in the background. You've got wine and cheese. Yeah. The bonfire by the beach in Southern California. Full moon, half crescent moon. Uh, full moon. Full moon. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know, like a nice, a warm night. Yeah. No clouds. No, not Lots. a cloud in the sky. You no. can see every star. Every single star. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, finish her up. Maybe go for some ice cream. Oh, wrap yeah. up with some ice cream. I'm a big, big ice cream fan. Yeah. Now I crush ice cream. Just ask Ryan Scarfo. I've ate about <laughs> three or four of his tubs when he wasn't home. Wait, so you're you're just dipping into the roommate's ice cream? Well, I guess I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, like I always talk to him. I always say like, <laughs> you know those Ben and Jerry's pints of ice cream? Mm -hmm. Well, like if I get if I get a pint, I'm gonna I'm gonna hammer the whole thing in one night. Like it's not gonna, it's not gonna be sitting in the freezer. Well, he skims the top. He just takes in, a little bit at a time. Yeah, leaves it in the freezer. Well, yeah. What is he doing with the self control? This nah, is ridiculous. He, he can't be doing that anymore. I think I owe him actually like three or four pints. You should keep a running tab of all the pints of I ice have, cream. I like, have. I'm, I'm trying to pay them back slowly. <laughs> so what's the favorite kind of ice cream? I'm a mint chip. I like mint chip as of late. Uh, but if you're going to ask me like the normal flavors, I'm not a chocolate guy. I'm not a vanilla. chocolate guy. No. no, straight vanilla. Straight vanilla. Yeah. There's nothing better than a, like a nice warm apple pie with vanilla ice cream. I uh, See, I'm not a pie guy. But nope. you're not the first person to mention this to me, that you put an apple pie with vanilla ice cream, yeah. and it is the ideal pairing. Yeah, oh, that, that's unbelievable. Is that like the premier dessert? If you could have one dessert for the rest of your life, you're going apple pie, vanilla ice cream. Yeah, 100%. 100%. First yeah. round draft pick, no doubt about it. Yeah. I can respect that. <laughs> what about you? Uh, I'm not a big dessert guy to begin with. Like uh, like when we go out for, for meals and stuff like that on the road and things like that, I sometimes don't even look at the dessert menu. I don't care. Oh, really? Yeah, well, that's because to me – the meal itself, that's what I'm here for. This is the main event. Yeah. So I usually just fill up on the actual meal, and I don't care for dessert. However, anything that has paired peanut butter and chocolate together, I'll at least give it a look. Really? I'm at least giving it consideration. Peanut butter and chocolate to me is the elite food combination, really? taste combination. Peanut butter, chocolate. It's pretty common, though. Oh, it, it, I, I understand that it's common, but there's a reason yeah. why it's so common. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is the elite 
Well, it is I the. Mean, let's not say it's the elite. It's the I mean, elite. It, it is. It is the Tom Brady man. of. Oh, food taste combos. I do not need to hear that. We have <laughs> way too enough many of that mas- with Will O'Neill. We have way too many mask guys on our team. Will O'Neill, <laughs> I got Scarfo, my roommate. He oh. talks about. He is. He's a. Uh, he's a mask guy too. So he's a mask they guy love, too. They love their Patriots. I'll I'll never forget a couple years ago. I mean, you've you've been around long enough to see this. Will O'Neill just will present an idea out in the locker room and then defend it staunchly regardless of how many counterpoints have been brought his way <laughs> like if if he were to show up and say the sky was green and someone could show him a picture of the sky being blue yeah. he'd be like the picture's wrong yeah yeah right um there was one time oh, i can't remember what it was he was arguing with himself over whether tom brady or Derek jeter was like a more important athlete everyone else had left pretty the, tough though well, like, yeah but Everyone else had left the conversation, and he was just, like, playing ping pong with himself in his brain. <laughs> and I stood by just to hear him talk himself through both sides of the argument. I think he concluded Tom Brady because oh, yeah, he's a mask yeah, guy. Yeah, of course. But it was, this was, like, during his first stint with the Penguins, and I remember just standing there, like, oh, really? just debating himself. <laughs> it was amazing. That's funny. Because everyone else had left the conversation at that point. But sorry. Uh, we'll say um, it is the Wayne Gretzky of food combinations then. Is that a little bit more palatable for you? Yeah, I guess I I can deal with that. Yeah, <laughs> just in terms of saying it is the elite. Yeah, it, yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah. I will say that it's yeah. it's as good as it gets, buddy. All right. Yeah, well, but for the most part, not a dessert guy. I just don't care. Just uh, eh. I'm I'm, I'm here guy. for the meal. I'm not here for dessert. I'm a big dessert guy. Love I understand it. that clearly with yeah. all the tubs of Ryan Scarfo's ice cream we're yeah. going through. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think I think he'll be able to manage. He'll be able to survive. Yeah. There you yeah. go. There we go. Well. I think uh, I've kept you long enough. This has been an excellent episode of the awesome. Wilkes-Barre Granted Penguins podcast, if I do say so myself. But before we go away, we do have to get to one final segment here on the show. McCoy, this is something that we call Penn's Picks. Penn's Picks. McCoy, every single episode as we reach the conclusion of that podcast, we ask the player to give a recommendation to the fans anything that you can think of in the entire world something that you've been into lately it can even be something we've discussed previously on this episode just any sort of recommendation what would you give to the people the good listeners of the wilkes Granted granted penguins podcast like uh what would be your pens pick it could be anything you could see, like watch tv shows. yeah are you into something on tv right now you want to binge uh i mean if you haven't watched game of thrones then uh get on that train for sure um this new you show Oh, okay. This is on Netflix, right? Netflix, yeah. It's pretty wild. You're into it. Yeah, I, I've already crushed it all. Yeah, You're, yeah. I've watched destroyed it. Two it. days. Crushed I, it. I've only had one person give me a review, and they were disappointed. Really? But I did. I did see the trailer after this person told me they were disappointed in it. I saw the trailer. Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, well, this looks pretty spicy. Yeah. This could be a spicy, <laughs> spicy. meatball here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's spicy. It looks spicy. I don't know. I don't know if I'd use the word it's, spicy. It's, but. it's a dark spicy. It's very dark, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's just like this guy's just crazy, and and He's with the whacked. world today, yeah, like just the social media and stuff like that. Maybe it's too real. Maybe that's why Honestly, my buddy it, didn't it's like actually, it. It's crazy. Yeah, I I know some of the guys were watching it in North Carolina, and uh, you know they said that they're just binge watching it. So I came home on uh, on our day off, and I just got hooked. Watched the first two episodes, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm finishing this. Really. Give give us the the elevator pitch right now, really quickly. What is the plot of you? Why you? Well, I think it's just, uh, it's hard, to, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain without giving it up. Like, uh, there's just this guy, he runs into this girl at a, at a library, and they kind of hit it off, but he just, 
takes it to another level, starts looking her up on social media and knowing everything about her. And, uh, yeah, from that point on, it gets pretty wild. There's just a, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. So those of you out there that want to check out you, by all means, go ahead and go for it. Uh, my pen's pick, I'm going to stick on Netflix as well. You've inspired me. Okay. This is something me and my roommates uh, back home have been going through lately, albeit I understand it's not the proper time of year. Maybe you want to save it for October or something like that. However, we finally just started watching Haunting of Hill House. I don't know if you're into scary movies or scary shows. I do. I, I am usually a, like, scary movie cynic. Yeah. Like, this movie isn't going to be that scary, and it's just going to be a stupid story. It's not going to be that good. Haunting of Hill House is a series, 10 episodes on Netflix, a Netflix original series. Super, super well done. Really? Yeah. Even if you don't think it's scary, it's really well done and well written. Of course, I'm recommending it right now without knowing the ending. So maybe the ending is really bad, yeah. and then I might have to come back there and be like, rescind, don't waste yeah, your yeah, time. Don't do I've it. rescinded the pen's pick. But me and my roommates have been all in on it really? right now, watching Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. So watch right. you or watch Haunting of Hill House. There it is. Watch one of them. Or both. Or both, yeah. Well, I'm going to have to try that, try that one out. Yeah, I check, need, check it out. I a couple new series here. It's, it's pretty strong. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I like horror movies too. Yeah. So I feel like the the locker room is always a good place to go for recommendations because oh, you got yeah. a bunch of guys with a bunch of different tastes and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like lots lots of time to watch uh, watch Netflix, especially when you're on the road. On so the road, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guys will guys will watch pretty much anything, and they always recommend it in the dressing room. So there's always new shows coming up. There we go. There it is. Sounds good. Awesome. Right. On that note, we will conclude this episode of the Wilkes-Barre Scranton right. Penguins podcast. McCoy, thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. That is McCoy Urkamps. If you enjoyed his time here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast, give him a shout on social media. You got any social handles you want to shout out to the people? Uh, I don't know. My Instagram's my name. That's it. McCoy Urkamps. Yeah. Easy enough. Google it. You'll be able to figure <laughs> out how to spell it from there. Follow him on social media. Give him a shout-out. Let him know that you are very pleased with his appearance here on the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins podcast. I'm going to have to get a question for you for our next episode's guest. But until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for tuning in and listening. For McCoy Urkamps, I'm Nick Hart. We'll see you two weeks from now. Ah!